Welcome to the Saturate Podcast. I'm Brad Watson, and this is part one of our series on everyday disciples living ordinary lives with gospel intentionality. In this series, we're interviewing disciples from across Soma, Los Angeles. These disciples are a lot like you. They have dreams, passions, jobs, responsibilities, and the powerful calling to be sons and daughters of God, servants to Jesus, and missionaries sent by the Spirit into the places and roles God's given them. In each episode, we're going to talk to disciples in a unique vocation or role in life. And our hope is that this will be incredibly encouraging to you, that you'll grow in your appreciation for the diversity of disciples that are in our midst, but also that you'll know how to encourage others in your community to live lives on mission, and that you'll be inspired, knowing that whatever circumstances God has placed you in, He's reminding you of the gospel, He's reminding you of your identity, and the calling that you have to be part of His mission. Today's episode is about disciples who work in customer service. I'll be joined by three incredible people. Jessica, who works long hours for an airline at one of America's busiest airports, LAX. Sarah, who works sporadic shifts at Trader Joe's. And Daniel, who until recently also worked in that same store. These are all normal people. These are their stories. Let's dive in. This is the Saturate Podcast. Saturate is committed to seeing a gospel movement happen in North America and beyond, in which every man, woman, and child have a daily encounter with Jesus in word and deed. This podcast is an ongoing conversation with disciples and leaders growing in the gospel and growing in living the implications of the gospel in community and on mission. Welcome, guys, to the podcast. It's exciting to have you guys here. Let's start so people can match your voices to what we're talking about. Introduce yourselves. I'm Daniel Makeda, and I worked for Trader Joe's. Nice. I am Sarah Mosley, and I currently work at Trader Joe's. Trader Joe's, nice. My name is Jessica Forgen, and I currently work at the airport for an airline. For an airline that cannot be named. (laughs) No, that's awesome. Uh, Thank you guys for joining this episode as we talk about what it's like to be a disciple of Jesus in the places where we work, specifically in customer service areas. I'm excited about this episode because it feels like, I mean, I spent, yeah, good like seven years at different times working for customer service, uh, worked for a coffee shop that we have a nickname for that's inappropriate for Saturates Airways. Uh, but then I also work for Starbucks, uh, Hertz Riddle Car Company, UPS, lots of customers and a lot of service. And I just think it's a really interesting intersection of what we're called to be as disciples and it comes with it lots of exciting opportunities and challenges as we live in community, uh, in light of the gospel, and on Jesus's mission. Uh, so maybe to, to start off, you guys, we'll just take turns sharing, you know, you guys said what your job or where you work, but maybe describe what your job is and what it's, what it's like. So Jess, let's start with you. Um, I work at customer service. My actual title is a customer servant service agent. I check people in for their flights. I deal with their ticketing issues, or I deal with them Mm. when they've missed their flights or when their flights have been canceled, Mm. or when 
they're at the boarding door and they can't get on or the door's already closed or they're not seated next to each other. I deal with. And you like drive the little gate thing too, right? The the jet bridge, yes. You drive the jet bridge. That little thing that gets within an inch of an airplane, yeah, before hitting the airplane. And if you hit the airplane, they can't fly. Yeah. If I hit the airplane, it's not good, which I have yet to hit an airplane. And and what are your hours? So right now I am 4 a.m. to 2 p.m. So I I get up at 3 uh, each morning. Uh, I don't get weekends off. So my days off are Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. Wow. And so when you're doing all that, helping people who've missed their flight, getting in, checking their bag, you probably do forced checked bags at the gates. Yes. Like we don't have any more room in the overhead. I have to take your bag. So you deal with all of those people between the hours of 4 a.m. and 2 p.m. Wow. So when people are at their peak kindness. (laughs) (laughs) It's, 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 some are, some Some are are. not. Yeah. (laughs) Which is, that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I, it's so funny when people come up and they're like, oh, I'm so tired. It's so early. And you're like, good morning. How can I help you? <laughs> You've been up for like five hours. Yeah. You're like, this is my midday. Yeah. This and you're like, I have to like empathize with you. Yeah, it is early, yeah. isn't it? You know? So. That's awesome. That's great. No, that gives really great context. And you also, you're, you're married, Trip, who uh, is elder here at Soma and also for teenage daughters. Yeah. One that's. 12, almost 13, yeah. I mean, preteen, yeah. 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 Awesome. Sarah, how about you? What's your role at Trader Joe's and what's it like? Yeah, my role at Trader Joe's, I, they like to have us do something different every hour. So I'll work the register for an hour and then I'll maybe give out samples for an hour. Then maybe I'll put some lettuce on a shelf for an hour, <laughs> but I write the order for dry produce. Oh. So. What is dry, like nuts? Dry produce, that's like produce that is not refrigerated. So on my order, my order contains like cucumbers, tomatoes, mm-hmm. you know. Bananas? Not bananas. No, those are that's wet. Other those part. are wet produce. <laughs> but that's not a part of my dry produce order. Oh, I see. Cool. And what's your schedule like? My schedule, I work 6 to 2 during the week. I'm off Saturdays and Mondays. And then on Sundays, I work 3 to 11 p.m. So it's kind of back and forth. Yeah, all over. Yeah. How about you, Daniel? What was your job like? Mine was very similar to Sarah's and... I did. I probably did some different tasks than you because what's really cool about Trader Joe's is they train you to do what you like in certain ways. So if you like putting lettuce on the shelf and you're really good at it, they'll let you do a lot of that. So yeah. I would do a lot with the little forklifts that they have back there nice. and, you know, stuff that allows me to <laughs> use my hands, you know. So the the propane, <laughs> propane power. Right. And so uh, well, uh, my hours, though, were more hectic than Sarah's. She has a lot of favor there at mm. Trader Joe's and has a set schedule, but I would get there at four in the morning sometimes having to wake up at three or three thirty. Yeah. Yeah. And then you could work even as late as 11 sometimes closing up the store. I would get scheduled for that shift as well. Yeah. So even just thinking about how you guys all interact just in a community on mission or missional community, 
Like, uh, that's even something that I regularly hear. It's always funny. Like, people, whatever someone's situation is, that means that they can't be in a missional community. Often they're like, well, I work nine to five, so I can't be in a missional community. Or people say, well, I do customer service, so I'll, my schedule changes, so I can't do that. So, like, for you guys, what are the, and what have been the, the challenges, and how have you, like, worked out being committed to a community uh, even while working these jobs, like, and how does that even benefited that? So for Wednesdays, it's a little tougher. If I know I have a like Wednesday night meal, my schedule changes every three months. So yeah. this three months I have Thursdays off and our, our meals Wednesdays. So it's great. I can stay up and chat with everybody and yeah. enjoy some time before I would take a nap or tell all the girls to be quiet. Cause I had to sleep yeah. for an hour and a half before dinner. Cause mm-hmm. they, everyone comes for dinner. So I just have to plan differently depending on when it is. Yeah. Um, so that's what I would do. And now that I have Thursdays off and our meetings are on Wednesdays, I feel like I, I have hit the lottery because I get to <laughs> stay up and Not say goodnight happen. to people yeah. when they're leaving. So, yeah. But it it's okay because there isn't a shame in it. It's it's like if I have to go to bed when everyone's here, I go to bed, you yeah. know. Mm-hmm. I think it might be harder if it wasn't at my own house. Yeah. You know, I, I love having it here. But yeah, it's definitely you have to rearrange. I have to rearrange my schedule or know not to plan certain things on Wednesday afternoon because I have to nap then. So it's learning how to. OK, it's kind of like what you did when your kids were infants. You know, you didn't stay home. You were, you had to plan around. OK, so if right. we do this on like Sunday, I know Monday's going to be a really rough day with the kids. Right. Like so you just know that the day after you might be a little more tired, but right. you have to adjust. You just adjust your schedule. Yeah. That's great. Just making it a priority in the beginning for me, because whenever I first started at Trader Joe's, I did not have a set schedule. So they just had the liberty to put me in whenever they wanted. So sometimes I would have morning shifts, sometimes mid shifts, sometimes night. So the only two exceptions that I put in my availability was that on this night, I was going to be gathering with my church. And on this morning, so you can have me any other time. So it's just a matter of priority. Yeah. That commitment to the being a priority, like that conscious, I'm going to commit to this mm-hmm. and stick with it. Because when I started at Trader Joe's, I also had a crazy schedule. And after some time, I felt comfortable asking them, I really need this. Well, I, and like you said, from the beginning, Sarah, right. I uh, told them, I'm really involved with my church and this is something that I yeah. need to do. And it doesn't have to be right now, but I'm working towards this. And they're like, Oh, okay. Yeah. We'll see how it goes. <laughs> and you got to stay persistent. Yeah. And another thing in customer service jobs, I think there's like a hesitation to mention faith and religion because mm-hmm. it's about representing the company. I guess that's with every job though. Right. Yeah. But you're forward facing to the, c- to the customer a lot more than other jobs. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, like you're not necessarily connecting to the customers, but you guys are front lines. However you act is what people think about your airline or what they think about Trader Joe's or coffee sure. shop or wherever you're doing it. Yeah, sure. So that can be a barrier <clears throat> for yeah. sure. When you're talking to your manager's, there's a weird feeling, I think, especially in Los Angeles where Christianity or Christians is mm, touchy or weird or potentially dangerous for people. Yeah. There's a bad rap that a lot of Christians get. It can be very uncomfortable to talk to 
managers about it. Mm -hmm. Did you feel that, Sarah? Like a weirdness? Yeah. I think that the overall vibe of Trader Joe's made me feel like welcome to express that. But at the same time, I think it is like the Los Angeles thing that made me kind of hesitant. Like, are you still going to want me to work for you if I mention like, I don't know. I don't know if they think if that just puts the idea in their head that we're just going to be like evangelizing every customer. Yeah. <laughs> or, you right. Know, and that that's, I think that's the fear. That's a hard thing to walk. Because you want good rapport with your company, not evangelizing all the customers or something like this. But you also want to say, I'm a Christian and I'm committing to this because church is super serious for me. Mm-hmm. Right. Serious is maybe having a kid and rearranging, mm-hmm. not that serious, but as serious as re- <laughs> you know, arranging your schedule as if it was your sleep schedule, Jess, like you were talking about. Right, right. Uh, for me... It's very much based on seniority. So my there's people that have been there 30 years. They're the ones that only get Sundays off. Like mm-hmm. nobody else gets Sundays. If You have to beg, borrow, mm-hmm. give away your firstborn. <laughs> Just suck. Yeah, you're working in these jobs and you have... I think what makes it unique, you have all these different connections, like things going on. So it costs a lot. It costs like a full-time 40-hour-a-week job because it dominates your schedule because it's different every day. Like working for a four-hour stretch, it's like you might as well take eight hours. So there's that dynamic uh, with just your life outside of work. But then also you have bosses, you have peers, always like fun peer drama always fun boss drama then you also have customers who can be amazing can be mean like they can just treat you like dirt all and so i just think it's a fascinating spot because there's a release of control working as a servant which is what you're working as as servants that goes against everything that we are as like americans like that's not how we're supposed to be um anyway that's just a big setup to this question is how do you like see your need for the gospel? How does God remind you of the gospel in that work? So it's interesting because I think once your coworkers know that you're a Christian or, you know, so you say you're, you believe in Jesus. um, It's very interesting because me and a coworker can treat the same person the same way. But after the interaction, you'll have your coworker Mm. disparage or get like, oh my gosh, I can't believe that person. Totally. You know? And then what's really actually a testimony to coworkers are how you don't say that about the person. So to me, it's, I'm actually demonstrating the gospel. They don't know it's a gospel yet sometimes, but by how I interact, it'll look the same on the outside to the looking world because we both have really good customer service skills and we're really kind to them. But yet the Lord looks at the heart Mm-hmm. And when the person leaves, the person, we both acted the same way. But if I'm not disparaging in my heart, like that's a, an example of the gospel, right? Mm-hmm. So the coworkers watch and say, wow, how come you're not upset? Why aren't you complaining about that person? Right. You know, or like I have at work, I always want to help people if they miss their flight or something. And I had a girl laughing and she's like, oh my gosh, you're such a bleeding heart, Jess, because you're helping all these people. I'm just going to say, just, I'm sorry, I can't help you. Yeah, you didn't get here on time. Right, right. So, yeah. <laughs> so there's a difference in how I interact. And the, the the key is 
to not take it, oh, thank you. Yes, I am a bleeding heart. Like yeah. to make it like I'm just a better person than you. But to say, no, Jesus cha- is changing my heart. And how to say that in a way that's not disparaging or prideful. Like, yes, well, Jesus is doing well, that yeah. in me and not in you. We've all missed our flight. But God yeah, exactly. comes and carries us on eagle's wings anyway. Yeah. <laughs> So I think that to me, when I see that I am different than them, that is a picture of the gospel, Mm -hmm. that my heart can treat Mm -hmm. someone kindly when they're not kind, you know, and still not get bitter. That's a picture of the gospel. And I think in the same way, speaking about seeing my need for God Mm -hmm. in those situations, I will see my coworkers treating a customer with kindness and not complaining about it when I have somebody, if I'm handing out samples, somebody comes up. <laughs> That's like the most nature. entitled. I see I my know. depravity in the demo booth more than any other yeah. section of the store because people come up so entitled over a free cup of coffee, mm. a free tiny little mm. cafecito. <laughs> <laughs> cafecito. <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> they get so entitled about it yeah. and they don't treat me like a human. Mm. They yeah. will tap on the glass and cross their arms and look at me without using words. <laughs> and so when that happens, I get infuriated on the inside. I treat them the same on the outside, but then I see my coworkers effortlessly serving them. Yeah. And that is, I think, one of the number one ways that God mm-hmm. shows me like, hey, you're my child and look at your, look at the way that you're caring for these people and are not caring for these people who are in front of you. Hmm. But also that's just, I mean, to be treated like dirt. Yeah. That's so hard. And I mean, I just imagine like, yeah, you need people in your life all the time that are speaking a different true identity over you than just like you exist to give people their free coffee and, put the lettuce on the, you know, it's like, no, like you're a child of God. Like you're, you're his, you're not serving these people. You're serving Jesus. Yeah. And there's even this component of like being able to identify with like the rejection that Jesus experiences too, of just like silently suffering. (laughs) Yeah. Or just how many people come to you? Like I was just reading the gospel of Mark today. And it's like, how many people come to Jesus and just, just like heal me and give me my stuff. Can you just give me some food so I can move on? And Jesus, like, does. It's, like, amazing. I was thinking of this this morning in regard to family and kids, the same idea of, like, if I go to work, if I'm a mom, whatever part I play, Mm -hmm. and if I need my kids to act a certain way towards me, like, it's not unconditional love. If I need them to respond a certain way in order to please me, the same way with my customers. If I need them yeah. to respond or thank me or whatever, then that's not actually love because Jesus never requires that of us either. Mm-hmm. I don't know right. if I can put it into words. So if if I can be free in customer service, be like, yeah, I don't need my customers totally. to, to interact with me a certain way in order for me to love them. That is a picture of the gospel if Christ can do mm-hmm. that in me. And yeah. same with parenting. Like totally. I don't need, same with discipling in a missional community, members of our church. Like I think the the Lord chose that I need him to change me and how I respond. If that makes sense. Right. Yeah. What the thankless jobs show you like, Oh, do I need to be thanked to receive love? And didn't Christ love me before Christ doesn't love me because I thank him. Right. Yeah. Jesus loves you. Period. The proper response is to praise his name, you know, but yeah. 
How about like, what are, what are some other messages like gospel realities that you need to hear like over and over again as you live this out? At Trader Joe's in particular, felt at times despair about stacking tuna on a shelf. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I remember the mundane, the, the mundane, mundane of life. and, and yeah. that servitude or mm-hmm. you said thankless, but also the perceived meaninglessness mm-hmm. of right. spending an hour. Totally. What did you say, Sarah, with lettuce? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Stacking lettuce on a shelf. And, and all the lettuce is going to be gone. Yeah. yeah. In and six hours. I remember one time a coworker and I, and this is, he's a guy, he came to LA to be an actor working at Trader Joe's, you know, just <laughs> right there, you know, and we're in it. Okay. We're, we're stacking cans of tuna and we're talking about epistemology. We're talking about, you know, what, what can you know for sure? And yeah. we were having this deep conversation about spiritual things. A lady with her grocery cart walks behind us and throws her head back and laughs. <laughs> and, and my coworker turns around and he goes, ma'am, there's not much you can do when you're stacking tuna on a shelf. <laughs> so you might as well talk about something that matters. Because <laughs> this sure doesn't. Aww. And I thought, oh, geez. Oh, geez. <laughs> that's, the, that's the battle we're all fighting here. Yeah. Just responding to angry people yeah. or doing mundane things. Yeah. You know, I don't know, Jess. Driving that little uh, thing onto the side of the plane, that's pretty cool. That's yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's yeah. why. I- that's why I went to forklifts. As, as soon as you do it for a hundred times, it becomes mundane. Right, yeah. right, right. These, yeah. yeah, yeah, and just like that reality of it doesn't matter how much you kill it today. Yeah. The next day, day those yeah, it's like the next day, it's all the same stuff. Like I remember working at Hertz, it was like the stress of getting all the yeah. right rental cars into all the right people. You're like, okay, we did it. Next day you show up, it's like, oh, it's all the same problems again. Like, we don't have enough cars. Like, how are we going to do this? The same, or yeah. at Starbucks, it was always like, yeah, we got through that rush. Yep. Yeah. And it's lunchtime. So let's get ready for the next one. And isn't that the struggle in any part of life? Like, okay, so I'm a missionary kid that grew up around the world. And for years, it's always like, okay, what's, where's the next thing? What's the next mission? What's the next right. thing to, like, bring me joy and contentment? And I'm a... I'm 43 years old now. And it's like, no, the Lord's going to make you content where you're at. doesn't matter what it is learning, but, and that's the struggle. I get up in the morning, literally going to work the same day. Like it's three 30 in the morning, the bus yeah. driver's late. I'm like, am I going to be late? Cause I have to park at the employee parking lot and then take a shuttle in. And it's like, Lord, I cannot find joy in the mundane without like an extra measure of grace, grace, grace. Right. Yeah. I can't find joy in the things that are, over and over repetitive. Like I, that's really the struggle. Like Jesus, you've got to change my heart every day. This idea of resurrection power that Jesus was made alive. Like I need that resurrection power. I need that thought of like the battle's not, I can't say I always win it, but it's like in my mind, it's like, man, that's the key that that Christ is living. I'm alive and he can change me from these really mundane things or the stuff that's hard over and over again. Yeah. Yeah. And that's totally something that I've struggled with is just like, and I've even had customers say things like they find out that I have a college degree and they ask that question of like, what are you doing here? Mm. Kind of thing. And I ask myself that as Mm -hmm. I'm, you know, trying to make a pyramid of apples on a Sunday at Trader Joe's, Mm -hmm. it's like building a sandcastle when you're around like 
two and three year olds, like they're just going to smash it every time, you, (laughs) you know, and that's what it feels like. So it does feel very like, what am I even doing this for? But I feel like more than any other season of my life that God has taken this job at Trader Joe's Mm. out of all things Mm. and shown me what it actually means to be a missionary, how to be faithful in Mm. the little things. Because I think that whenever I was in college, I went on all these mission trips Mm -hmm. and I was a part of getting to go see people who were like serving overseas and Mm -hmm. how glamorous that was. And I wanted to do something like big and like extravagant like that. I was ready to do that for God. And then he puts me in a Trader Joe's and it feels like, what am I doing? What am I doing? And I think that more than any other season, he's taught me being a missionary is really unglamorous. Mm. It just looks like every day because that's all we have at the end of the day. Like it, yep. it's one day yeah. at yeah, a time. Exactly. Wow. You know, mm-hmm. preach. That's good. Yeah. <laughs> that is so powerful, Sarah. Yeah, that is like it isn't glamorous yeah and i think sometimes people hear stories about our church or churches like ours and they're like oh yeah every day must be like raising people from the dead and casting out deep you know and like it's like no like most of the days it's like showing up to the same place and asking god can you fill this whole day you know like can your resurrection power fill my weight at the bus stop can your resurrection power fill my my heart as I serve people? You know, I love that verse. As a kid, it was like our family verse, and I still like love this verse. And it's um, it's either Second or First Thessalonians, one of those five twenty four, um, and it says, "Faithful is he who calls you, and he will do it." And then the next verse says, "Brothers, pray for us." <laughs> but like, yeah, he, oh, that's so good. Calls you to it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. Like he's called you into customer service, into parenting, into mothering, into anything. Like he's mm-hmm. the faithful to because it's about hearts. Yeah. It's about the people. Yeah, mm-hmm. and brothers, pray for us. Exactly, that's brothers, right. pray for us. Yeah, he will be faithful. Yeah, but like, also, you need a lot of prayer. Yeah. Even doing those jobs, you need a lot of prayer, just like, you know, people living in Japan or China or like where like the glamour mission trip. It's like we we send prayer letters out when we go to Mexico for four days. But every day it's like, no, that's just my job. It's like, oh, no, like you need a community of people praying for you. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Can I say this about the mundane? Yeah, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know what you're going to say, but yeah. (laughs) So for the mundane, as mundane as we could describe my year and a half at Trader Joe's, I look back on that season because I no longer work there so tenderly and fondly. Mm -hmm. I would not trade that. And it's not because of the glamour. It's not because of the fireworks or the next big thing. Mm Yeah, I don't I don't know. It's it's like the mundane became extremely important. And you know became I holy. Became holy, mm. became wonderful. And mm. I think back on the relationships that I built there doing the mundane things because it was the same people either that we were serving, right. the same customers mm. and the same coworkers all mm. the time. 
And I think there's something unique about customer service jobs because you have like the regular person. Yeah. They're the fishermen. They're the fishermen, you know? And, <laughs> they are. You know? And, and, yeah. and those mm-hmm. friendships and relationships were some of the most beautiful mm-hmm. that I've ever had mm-hmm. in terms of sharing the gospel, in terms of living life on mission, even now working mm-hmm. as a pastor and church planter. Yeah. Like yeah. The, those, that season of life, and I, I, I'm putting quotes, like ministry, that season right. was Right. Unbelievably beautiful and not a waste in any way. But, Nothing but is those were your people in place. Like yeah. that's your people, that's your place. We all have it. Totally. Yeah. And I don't know, there's people talking about the fishermen, mm-hmm. there's people there that knew things about God, but maybe because they are fishermen and kind of on the outside of glamour, mm-hmm. there's a lot of people that didn't go to them. Yeah. that don't share the gospel with them because they're not flashy. Mm-hmm. And I had customers tell me that they did have, before you and me, Sarah, they didn't know any Christians, mm-hmm. right. that they'd only ever heard of them and, right. and from the media of all right. places. Right. And I had this one young lady, she was 18, and she said, hey, Jesus boy, <laughs> get, get over here. And we were closing the store and she said, I need you to just tell me what is Jesus? I was like, what do you mean? She's like, who is he? What's he all about? I said, like, you mean the gospel? She said, I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) She said, she said, my girlfriend's mom was talking about Jesus the other day. She's a Christian, but I just don't know like anything about that. Mm -hmm. Will you tell me? I was like, so sure. (laughs) And so so I spent 10 minutes telling her my story and how Jesus is the hero talked about the gospel as well as I knew. And at the end she said, wow, she looked me in the face. She said, thank you. No one's ever told me that before. Yeah. And I thought you are literally someone no one has ever shared the gospel with. Yeah. Yeah. And here we are at, here- at 1030 at night at Trader Joe's, you know, it's like, it's yeah. like, what? it's really funny because now that Daniel doesn't work at Trader Joe's, all of our coworkers know that we came out, to Los Angeles to be a part of a church plant and that Daniel is now planting a church like as a pastor. And it's so funny because all of our coworkers who we're both good friends with, they often ask about Daniel, how's Daniel doing? And they love that they have a pastor friend now. So anything, (laughs) anything church involved, like if one of them's getting married or something, they're like, Oh, maybe I'll get Daniel to do the ceremony. He's a pastor. (laughs) This one guy calls me, Hey brother, Daniel, I need you to pray for me. All right, Jack, what am I going to pray for you? (laughs) But that was even before. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, it's, it's beautiful. It's wonderful. Yeah. And I love like how you guys are describing it. Like, you know, like the fishermen, which that's what they were doing. They went out. I mean, how monotonous would that have been? Like you cast the nets out, you pull the fish in, you go back home and they were doing it generation after generation. And Jesus calls them. And they also just like side note, they don't stop fishing. I think sometimes we hear that it's like, Oh, he said, come, I'll make you fishers of men. And then they leave that job. It's like, no, they're like fishing and they're in boats a lot. Like they're in boats more than they are in temples and synagogues. Like even after following Jesus and becoming fishers of men. And, and that's just so like God called them into that a different way of being the same thing and a different purpose of the same thing. Like, 
Like, so your purpose isn't putting tuna on shelves or ticketing. Your purpose is about the kingdom of God and his glory. Amen. Ticketers of men. Ticketers of men. Come on. (laughs) You're not sending people to Hawaii. You're sending them to heaven. (laughs) Totally. I mean, I just think it's so hard for us. And you guys, like you're expressing like how it's such a gift as to be a missionary in these places. But I, I just think that it's it's usually just seen as hard. Like, well, got a college degree. Shouldn't I be doing something cooler or more important? And then it's like God's grace to show you, like, it really doesn't matter. I will make it the most important because it'll be about me. And that's, like, as important as it gets. That's so good. Uh, this is, like, a question. Maybe even just think about people out there working in these, in similar jobs, what, like, encouragement do you have for them to, like, step into that job, but continue their jobs, but as disciples of Jesus? I think just first ask in prayer, like, just say, man, Jesus, like, I don't, I don't have that same vision. Like, I confess, I don't have it, and I pray that you would change me, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, I think I struggle with that on a daily basis. One day I'll remember, another day I'll forget, you know? So it's like, Asking the Spirit to to just change our hearts and our attitudes towards it. And when we don't, just to repent and walk it out. That's good. Yeah, I have a lot of friends who say that they would change one thing or another about their job. Like they want, they're unhappy and Mm -hmm. discontent in their job because Mm -hmm. they don't spend time with their coworkers or they don't like this one little tiny aspect of their job. I don't know. I I don't think that it's never going to be ideal. I think it's always going to be ordinary no matter what you're doing. And so like, like Jess said, just viewing it as this is what God has given me and being faithful in it, whether you're happy about it or not. Like there are ways that you can serve. Even if I have friends who say like they're nannies and they say, I'm just around kids all day. Like, I don't know what to do with that. Your job is those kids and the hearts of those kids to pray for them, you know, even if it's in the future when they have an encounter with who Jesus is, but to serve them with maybe no return. Right. That's good. Brad, what was the original question? What would you say to disciples out there who are in customer service? How would you encourage them to step into making disciples? I would encourage people to be bold, rep Jesus. You're in a great opportunity, a great situation to represent Jesus verbally, to not back down from saying why it is you do what you do or why you're struggling with something in particular that's hard when other people may not understand. I don't know. Like, talk about the gospel. Just do it. Mm-hmm. And maybe, pr- like, it's just, yeah. you just got to do it. And that, that, if you're, struggling thinking um you know my job doesn't matter well no one's jobs matter if you're not like doing it for the lord if you're not glorifying jesus yeah. that's what you have so do it <laughs> just, do it. just do it and and i think a great way to start with this practically and jess you mentioned praying before mm-hmm. ask the spirit how do i start repping jesus yeah how do i mention him because 
he'll show you. He sure will. And, <laughs> and you'll start, ha- that'll start happening more and more and more and more. And it got to where people were just calling me Jesus boy. Right. And I wasn't offensive. That's great. You know, and, and people were asking me questions or because mm-hmm. over time I, yeah. I started building this identity as a follower of Jesus, not just for myself, but I, I, I told people that was my identity. Right. And you did that too, Sarah. Mm-hmm. Grab hold of the other Christians <laughs> that work with you yeah. because yeah. Sarah and I, we were such a team of encouraging yeah. each other, of encouraging other people. This person said this to me about Jesus. I don't know what to say. What do you think, Sarah? <laughs> She's like, well, this person just needs to hear this. And I'm like, oh, that I never would have thought of that because yeah. team up, team up. Well, yeah. and that's, that's exactly what maybe you've heard this before, but years ago it was a very much of a push in Christian circles, like one-on-one evangelism, like telling people about Jesus, which is very important but like the aspects of a diamond, it's so good that each of you reflect mm-hmm. Jesus differently. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. for the world to see different people reflecting Jesus mm-hmm. is really important. Oh, absolutely. And to have you yeah. both working there is, it's not just Sarah's thing. Mm-hmm. Right. It's actually, oh wait, there's a group of people yeah. living yeah. like yes. mm-hmm. And it's Sarah's community thing too. You know, it's like, I'm one of those people that, and this is kind of the, the genesis of this whole series of podcasts because I, I like plot like on a on a map like where where has god sent our church like what are the the battle lines or the the places that god has put all of our church and then it's like oh well that's those are all of our mission fields you know and, and that's just really powerful but it's it's not just like oh well sarah works at trader Joe's, so that's her mission field you know it's like no that's like for everyone and some people have jobs like We'll have an episode about those super secret engineers. It's like nobody can walk, step foot on the premises or ask them questions, you know, so that episode's really interesting. Uh, It's like talking around things, but not like, um, but, you know, like, man, like, it's just so powerful that, you know, that the church can say, oh, I'm going to shop at that Trader Joe's, Mm -hmm. you know, and like, oh, is Sarah working? Mm -hmm. Okay, I'm going to go there, you know. Every time I fly at the airport, I think is just gonna be there. Uh, I think too, people forget that your coworkers are so valuable. I think Christians forget. I think we can get so tunnel vision about our jobs or even about the people we're serving that you you got those little things on like the horse has. I don't know what you call it. Is that what they're really called? Mm. Yeah, mm. those little binders. But to ask the Lord to give you this overwhelming sense of value for the people you work with Mm -hmm. so that when they're going through hard times or when things happen, like you actually value them enough to give up your time to help them. You value them enough to go to things that are important to them. So I think a lot of times I'm guilty of it as well. I forget the value of people that I see every day because they just become that person, you know, rather than God, give me a way to interact with them that would reflect you and display your glory that they would want to know you more Mm -hmm. yeah go to their birthday parties go to their go to karaoke night with them funerals of their children and things yeah Mm -hmm. yeah hard stuff Mm. yeah so then uh last question how can your community like support you so there'll also be lots of people that listen to this who are not in jobs like yours how can they be good family and missionaries alongside you. I think 
just in general to be invested in the lives of the people in your community, asking them about their coworkers and if they're being intentional in the day to day, especially with customer service jobs, you can tend to feel like what you're doing is insignificant and people with more important jobs. Hmm. If you have those people asking you about the things that you're doing and the people who you are around, I think that that in a way validates like you're on mission and I, I want to know how you're being intentional in your day-to-day life with your coworkers, with the people you're serving, your managers. Yeah, I think uh, for me, it's wonderful because my job doesn't allow me to get off on Sundays. I mean, I was off on Easter. Somebody took my Easter. It was so wonderful. And I was able to worship on Sunday, which I just cry the whole time because I'm so happy to be there (laughs) because I don't get to be there. And then when I'm working, my community, I never feel shame for my, my hours. Everyone's, I, I appreciate how they respond to me, that I'm still valuable, whether I'm at a service or whether I can come to an event that we're having or whether I have to go to sleep early. You know what I mean? I never feel shame for that, mm-hmm. nor do I feel left out. Mm-hmm. I think people need to remember to call people when they don't see them, you know, yeah. um, as, as a community can do is, hey, I, sometimes we just see each other on Sundays if we're not in the same missional community group. And for people that work very odd hours, it's such a comfort to have somebody call. They haven't seen you in a while because you can get forgotten mm-hmm. when you have those kind of hours. Mm-hmm. But for me, my community always misses me, but not like, oh, you weren't there. It's not, it's a different, you weren't there. You know, there's two different ways to do that. And, totally. and the you weren't there, we missed you is, is not condemning, you know. And so when you see somebody who works odd hours in customer service, when you even call or text when they're not around, it's, it's such a blessing because you still feel valued, whether you're present or not. It's awesome. So the church can support people who work at customer service jobs by not giving them like heaps of shame or not making them feel lonely or isolated. Mm-hmm. And I think that if the us who work these sometimes awkward customer service jobs aren't feeling shame, then we feel very excited when people from the church show up to our jobs. Mm -hmm. And so us working at Trader Joe's was never a shameful thing Mm -hmm. in our church. It was always an exciting thing. I mean, partly because Trader Joe's is so fun and awesome, but also (laughs) people wanted to shop there anyway. People wanted to shop there anyway. Yeah. (laughs) But people from our church would come. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Pass other Trader Joe's to go to yours. Right. Pass other Trader Joe's to come to ours and get to know the people that we worked with every day doing those mundane things with. And that was huge. Right. I remember being able to point out to Jeff and Allie, a couple from our church, they would come and shop every Sunday and Sarah and Casey too. And oh, hey, what's up? What's up? Y'all here? How's it going, Daniel? How's it going, with Sarah? And then the customers that are the coworkers of ours would be like, well, how do you know those people? Oh, they're a part of our church. I'm like mm-hmm. other Christians? Like yeah. <laughs> it's not just you. It's not just you. They're so cool and normal. I've seen them for years here. Right. The long game is important. Right. Yeah, mm-hmm. don't show up once. Do jump into the mundane with your customer service church members. Yeah. Even if uh, it's only one thing I need to Trader Joe's because as a family of six. Yes. Come on. Oh, <laughs> we, I got a Costco. Well, no, I, I was in I'll, that 
I still shop at that Trader Joe's, even though it's not yeah. close to me. That's good. Um, and someone, a coworker, a former coworker of mine mentioned Jess. Really? Yeah. She was like, oh, Jess was here earlier today. And I was like, oh, yeah. Well, Getting that orange chicken. Yeah. <laughs> That's one thing you can't get anywhere else. Yeah. And, and, and then. There's other things. Uh, I, there's other things. There's other great things. Right. I think it has to do with that. Like people in your community, in your church community, showing up to the place. Yeah. But also, yeah, like I was saying, asking about. That's something that makes me feel so loved and cared for. Even though I work at a grocery store, people at church all the time ask me, how's Trader Joe's, Sarah? And sometimes I get discouraged because I'm like, it's the same thing. Like, I don't know what else to tell you. But they're asking because they know that I'm invested in the people and they're invested in the people. They come. That's such a, I mean, that's exciting to hear that that's what's happening in your experience because... That means that our our church is embodying this reality of like every day matters. Yes. You know, like it's not just Sunday. It's not just like whenever your community gets together, it's like every day matters to God. And and Jesus wants to make something of every day, you know? So it's not, hey, everybody, you need to get out there and just like do customer service better and like be better fishermen, fishers of men. It's just like, no, like Jesus will saturate your life, like overflow your life. And it's really cool when the church expects that, you know, it's to the point where we're asking, how's it going and encouraging people. That's awesome. Yeah. Thank you guys so much for joining this episode. Thanks for inviting us, Brad. Awesome. Uh, So encouraging just to have this chat. It's great, great excuse for this conversation. So thank you. And for everyone listening, if you have any questions, thoughts, ideas, send us an email at hello at saturatetheworld.com. Also, you can like us, subscribe, all that fun stuff helps us out. Thank you guys. Talk again soon. Today's podcast was edited by Ben Fort and our theme music is written and performed by the band Mopac. Saturate's hope is to see one missional community for every 1,000 people in every city as we see the glory of God fill every person, every place, and every church. We participate in this vision by curating resources, training, coaching, consulting, and many more ways. Find out more at saturatetheworld.com.